Right. Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions Watch this. In the project living, Damn. spoke it till existence Voila. More change than 50, got more cars than Diddy oh God. I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250 What's up guys, it's Andy Priscilla And this is the show for the realists Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions Of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Guys, today we have a full crew show And a full length show And a guest that I know for sure you're going to love on the show, and I'll introduce him in just a minute. Um, but first, we got my brother, who I still don't have a name for. Still the best looking guy in the room. No, still, still this. Well, still not the smartest guy in the room. That's for sure. Didn't claim that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> not what I claim. I got, I got, I got a DJ, 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 What's Daddy Thumbs. Yeah, and special guest. My one of my very, very, very best friends in the world, uh, business partner. Um, you guys, almost all you guys know exactly who he is. My good buddy, Ed Milet. What's great happening? To, great <laughs> to be here. Great to be here. Smartest and best looking man in the room. <laughs> did you just give me that title? <laughs> hey, I like that. He did look at you. Now, I'm going to have to question your judgment from now on. I mean, hey. Right. So what's up, man? I'm Dude. doing great, man. It was great to be here the last day with you. This place is this facility. I've been I've been speaking for 30 years. I've traveled a lot. I have never seen anything like this in my life. And it, I'm gonna tell you, as a DJ, I can't stop talking about yeah. the phone in the car, telling everybody about it. I'm blown away. I'm really proud of you guys. It's unbelievable. It means a lot, man. Like, uh, I, I, you know the whole story. So I mean, it's it's it's. I know it, but it still blew me away. We're driving. Yeah. He drives me up yesterday. I go, so how much of this building? I, I wasn't being funny yeah, either. Yeah. Like, how much of this is first form? He's like, the whole thing. I'm like, all these cars are for them? And then we get in here and it just keeps going. But every single part of this place is like first, first class. It's unreal. It's like, I don't want to leave here. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I gave yeah. you at least like, 18 months of my life. I'm back there these gray hairs are for you, <laughs> yeah. buddy. That's so good though, man. Well, dude, right. usually, I mean, dude, it mean, it, it meant a lot to me to see that, to hear that and see that. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know me, dude, I don't really take credit very well mm -hmm. and I don't give myself any credit really when it comes to things like that. You know, neither to Sal, we're always focused on the next, the next, the next. And, you know, sometimes it is important to value what you've done. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of people that come in and are like, fuck, dude, this is crazy. But knowing how, where you've been for the last 30 years and what you've been doing, it was just, it was super special to me. To, well, to, for to, me, to it was special because I know where you've been the last 30 years. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. I yeah. mean, we we're just talking about this. I, I've been where you grew up. You've taken yeah. me there to yeah. see that place. Yeah. And then to know that, you know, you guys have built something over here. Like, and the cool part is it's in proximity too. Yeah. Like where you grew up isn't that far from here. No. So it's unbelievable. You've come that far without having to travel that far. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's bananas. This place is bananas. It's so you, crazy. So I, I do a lot of tours. Like I take people on tours when they come here. And I was probably a couple of weeks. I forget who it was, but I was walking them through and they asked me, like, how long did it take to build this building? And I'm not even thinking, right? I told them 22 years. Yeah, and, and like not even thinking, I told I told Andy this last week, but it like it's weird for me, like because like I haven't I haven't seen been here twenty two years, right? Yeah. So just the time that I've been here, bro, you've been barely been alive twenty two, barely years, been alive twenty two years. <laughs> but but no, man, it's cool because I because I just told Andy yesterday too. I'm like, you know, people come in here and we get the same reaction, and and it it doesn't it hasn't gotten old for me. I don't know, like I don't know about you guys, but it hasn't really gotten old at all. Like the same reaction, but it's always cool to see people come in here and see this because like I said, I don't have that experience for the 22 years before this, right? It's proof. It's evidence. Like yeah. you can't debate this. Yeah. Oh, no. This is not up for debate. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's great. 
I mean, dude, look, you know, we got a long way to go, but I mean, it does feel good to, to, I'll tell you what, what's cool to me coming here every day is seeing a, the careers that are built, these, these people who are young, who are building their lives, building careers and doing it in a way that truly changes people's lives for the better. You know what I mean? And, and dude, that's what I'm, I feel so fortunate. Like, you know, I get, I mean, bro, you know, like you're the only guy I bitch to besides him. I was going to say, wait, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Well, I said, besides him, motherfucker, like, will you go let me get it out? Like, but you know, I get frustrated. Like I tell you guys, you know, I get frustrated. Dude, the thing about, the thing about Ed and I both and the, the guys in this room is like, we're in the fucking process doing it. Like, you know, um, we're not these guys who fancy themselves coaches who make all their money from coaching of how to do business, which they've never done. Like, so we're in this shit every day. So, I mean, like, dude, like I get pissed off. I get frustrated. I get angry. I get impatient just like everybody else does. And the one thing that I truly always brings me back is knowing that literally everything that we do here contributes to people becoming better. Yeah. And I mean, dude, it just, I think about that, you know, like, uh, we were, I think we were talking yesterday. Um, I forget who was, it wasn't, I don't forget who was talking to us. We were talking about working here every day. And like, sometimes I get used to it. Right. Like, I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, it's work. But dude, then I get like, stop myself. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude. Like you're building the next fucking Nike. Like, yes. What the fuck else could you be doing? That's any cooler than this. Well, cause you're in it. Like this is yeah. a good rule for everybody in their life. doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. If you're an entrepreneur, it's hard for you to have actual perspective on your own life. Cause you're in it. You're yeah. The closer you are to something, kind of the blurrier it gets. If you stare at something long enough, think about anything you stare at. Eventually, if you look too long without blinking, it just gets blurry, right? You have to step yeah. back from it to get focused again. Yeah. When you're in something every day, for all entrepreneurs, it just gets blurry. You lose perspective on it. So it's cool to have another set of eyes come in here. And then Erica, my sister's with me. We're driving over this morning and she's like, it just dawned on me. All these people, every cubicle, every office, those people are dependent on this company flourishing that you yeah. guys have built. Like that's an amazing responsibility yeah. as an entrepreneur too. It's it's awesome. I think a good, a good, <clears throat> the comment that Andrew was speaking of is yesterday. Does it still, it still shock you when you come in and you, I made a little post last night in my story and it, it's actually, remember when you wanted what you currently have, because that right, gratitude that perspective, awesome. it is awesome. It just made me spawn that. Cause you know, it is, it, I always use, it's hard to see the forest when you're in the trees. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You got to get up outside and take a peek at it. And it is difficult, right? And but it is necessary to your point. It's mm-hmm. very necessary to make sure that you continue to check back. And I hate to use the term "smell the roses," but gain some perspective and look around. And otherwise, this entrepreneur game will eat your ass alive. Oh. And I think that's the part that most people feel like they're alone. And the truth is, is man, that's it. Actually, probably means you're in the right spot. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when you're fucking struggling and you don't realize like kind of what's going on, and you think you're doing well, but you don't think you're doing well. You don't know what the fuck's going on. That's normal. Totally scary, you know, I tell sports teams and I go talk to them, man, when you're winning a championship, it never feels like it. When you're in the midst of doing something great, it almost never feels like it while you're doing it because of the grind, all the problems, all the challenges, all the setbacks. Just you just never feel like it when you step back from it. That was DJ, not me. When you step back from it. first fucking rodeo, apparently. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. Yeah. Turn your (laughs) buzzers off. Um, it never feels like it when you're doing it. So it was cool for me just to be here. And that's the other thing about being alone. That's why he and I, one of the reasons we started our Arte was all these entrepreneurs do feel alone. And it's good if you can be connected to a group of people like what we've created in our coaching stuff. That's one of the reasons he and I did it because we don't need to be doing it. And to your point on all these gurus out there, 
You got to look at who they are. If any more than like 5% of their actual income comes from coaching you on how to do things, they're probably not very good at doing things. Otherwise, they'd be doing it. Right. Because there's a hell of a lot more money to be made in fucking real business than there is in fucking coaching. Yeah. And this place is real business. Yeah. For sure. Look, dude, uh, you know, the real. It's hard, dude. We're seasoned. You know what I'm saying? I hate saying that. <laughs> I'm definitely seasoned. Bro, you're you're fucking I'm 50 you're fucking, seasoned next you're fucking month. like extra crispy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, bro, I'm just like the lightly spicy, you know? <laughs> Around the corner. Hey, listen, dude. Those double oh, I know it's coming, bro. That's why I, that's why I gotta you give will you look shit. like this someday. I, I, bro, so you know. bro, if I look like that, I'd be happy. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Hey, those double fried uh, chicken wings are fucking good, bro. They're fucking, hard, They're fucking good. So, but like Dude, I think it's important to touch on this because we have so many young, hungry, uh, want to be successful people, um, not just in Arte, but like listening to the show and listening to your show. And, and you know, people want to win, man. And we have this society now that's like teaching everybody that, you know, winning's bad and it's not um, noble to win and it's not a good thing to win. And one of my, I, kn- I know you get this too. But one of my biggest things that I get from people is, you know, they feel almost guilty for pursuing more than what like their mom and dad had or like their friends have. And I just want to talk about that for a second, because, you know, you guys out there, you have to understand that when you do something outside the norm, you're going to catch criticism. You're going to catch heat. You're going to get people that don't understand it. You're going to get people that don't want to be around you anymore for the simple fact that you're working your ass off and they're, they're not, and they, it makes them feel bad. And like, guys, you know, winning is, is, I believe, I believe winning is a, is some, the, the will to win is something that we're born with and then bred out of. And, you know, you look at a little kid, you know, I always use the example of the little Nerf basket, right? Like the, like a little toddler, they understand that when they throw the Nerf ball up and it goes in the basket, they get excited. Like, dude, they weren't taught that. They know it automatically. And we have a society that teaches people that it's bad. It's bad to put the Nerf ball in the basket. Guys, they want you to suck. They need you to suck. They need you dependent on everything that they offer so that you have to need them. That It's a need for them. And guys, those of you struggling with this right now, I want to make this point to you. If you were able to look at all the people who criticize you and you were able to look at their life 10 years from now or 20 years from now, you would not give two fucks about the criticism that they're giving you because of where they're going to be and where you're trying to get. And if you could just keep that in mind, it's going to get you freed up to pursue what it is you're doing with less, you know, drag, less guilt, less pressure, less negativity. And Sal, you and I were talking this morning about the importance of literally, like literally being, not just being aware of the energy suck, but eliminating it completely. You know, it, I gave a meeting to our guys yesterday. It's like a 10, I I was, I try to live my meetings or teach, lead, lead the guys and the factors of what I want to live, leave for my kids. And I gave a meeting 10, 10 points on how to live life or 10 points I want my kids to live life by. And one of them was eliminate the drama. Like we all have these people in our circles who, and and it's their, they're your friends, the same friends or your friends from high school or grade school or college that you just, 
kind of by happenstance, like just learn, well, he's one of my friends. So you accept that. And, you know, one of those things is identifying that, no, maybe you don't have to accept that. And point one is your friend of drama. If they'll talk with you about them, they'll talk about you with them. And I always use this term in relationships. Like if they'll cheat on you, they'll cheat with, or if they'll cheat with you, they'll cheat on you. Right. And so understanding like you have to eliminate that from your life because life in general by itself is hard enough. Business in general by itself is hard enough. When people closest to you are talking shit about you, it makes it 10 times harder because you value their opinion. But when you learn that their opinion is built in jealousy and drama and you can push that away from you, it makes it easier to, to, to disassociate yourself from those thoughts. And so for the young person, the 25, the 30, the 35-year-old entrepreneur, sometimes you throttle back because you're afraid of what that person's going to say. And like the advice that I'd want to give my kids is fuck that person because it doesn't matter. And to Andrew's point, like 10 years from now, it really doesn't matter. Well, dude, it it, it hurts, right? Of like, course. It's never cool to hear that shit. Like you never want to hear like from the people because dude, you're the, the context of the achiever is to be better, right? And you're, when you want to be better, you automatically understand that if you're better, other people get better. If you even get 1% better, you can look at your the people closest to you and you can see that maybe not all of them are getting better, but that one guy over there, he's getting better because you're getting better. And that's noble shit. And that's where the nobility of winning comes from. You know, people like to talk and trash people who have money or have success or have built something like you have or like we have or like other a lot of guys listening have, right? They like to say, oh, well, you know how many fuckers you could do with that? Or you know how many uh, meals you could do with that or this or that? And they like to point all these things you could be doing. But what's more noble than being the example of winning so that it replicates itself fucking everywhere? There's nothing more noble than that, in my opinion. So I, I, I would say to you guys who are struggling with this shit, I, Ed, you know this, dude. I just kind of figured this out in the last yes, two years. Just gonna say, yeah, yes. like I, I would let everybody kind of chip at my energy because, dude, I cared about. You care, it. right? Like, okay, um, you got a question about how to tie your fucking shoes? Well, here's a video on how to tie your shoes. Like, I got so, I got so overwhelmed or so, I guess, sucked into trying to be useful and helpful that I almost forgot how to be helpful to myself, and, you know. The biggest thing I think I've learned this last two years that we've been doing or three years we've been doing things together is, and I'm just learning it, is what I just said. Like, dude, I don't want to fucking be like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. okay, you're, you think I'm a, you think I'm fooling myself? You're fucking right I am, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever the fuck you say, whatever you say, bro. Like, but here's the deal. Your life is going to be what the fuck it is, and my life isn't because I'm willing to keep going. Well, That's you know, the biggest change you've made. Yeah. That's the biggest change. That's why your performance has gone up, your happiness has gone up, your energy's gone up. The reason it bugs you so much, by the way, is one of the reasons you want to win, let's just be honest, is you want the recognition. You want the significance. You want the acknowledgement. It comes with winning. It's part of yeah. why you want to win. So when someone's taking that from you before you've even gotten there, yeah. it can wound you, right? That's, that's a legitimate thing. Here's, I'll tell everybody two things. Number one, You'll forget most of them, but there'll be two or three you remember. And the fucking sweetest thing in the world is to see those people 10 years later when they have to face you. Yeah. And you know that they know that you know all the <laughs> things they said about you. Yeah. And they're on your jet. Yeah. They're on your boat. They're yeah. in your car. They're, yeah. they're, they're at the foundation meeting you have where you're making the big donation. It's a really good fucking feeling <laughs> when you see them. And then when you're evaluating these people around you, here's one of the things. Look, I've been talking about this a lot lately. There's a thing called emotional maturity. 
I'm not talking about whether you screw around and tell funny jokes. That's not immaturity. I'm talking about emotional maturity, like under pressure, when people are talking crap, do they have the maturity level to disengage from it? Or do they contribute? Do they add to it? If you hang around mainly emotionally immature people, you're going to have a bad life. Oh, yeah. Like you and I, we screw around and we're funny, but yeah. we're emotionally mature people. Like yeah. when pressure's on, we perform at a high level, right? That's that's a very important part of it. And then look at who's around you. Just like be real. Not that you like them or they're funny, but like you look at your three or four people closest to you right now. If I said to you, name me three or four things they have in their life you got to have, whether it's money or relationship, their physicality, whatever, fit their faith. Can you name really quick? That dude's got three or four things I got to have in my life. If you can't name them that quick, they're not bringing a lot of value to you. And the reverse, if I said, hey, look at them. They have three or four things you want nothing to do with. They're a mess in their relationship. They're a mess financially. If you can name those real quick, you may not have the right people in your damn circle. Yeah. You're able to name like you're in my circle yeah. for that reason. Yeah. You got lots of stuff in your life I'd like some more of. Mm-hmm. And Likewise. you don't have a lot of yeah. things in your life I don't want. Yeah. That's why you're around me. It's really simple. Dude, what do you think? What about the other side of that, right? Like what if you're the guy coming up or the girl coming up and you you find uh, somebody who is way further down the path than you, right? And you're trying to connect what are some do's and don'ts for that? Because like one of the things that that has that I've started to realize is and I've had to cut a lot of people out that I don't necessarily want to cut out because they don't respect my emotional bank account or my energy. You know what I'm saying? So like these like these people, they really they're really good people. Right. And they want to win and they're hungry and they have all the like if we were investing in them as a stock, we'd fucking invest in them. We'd buy right? Them, right. But but they they take too much. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, what do you, what do you say to people? Like, well, bring value. Number one, like you'd be surprised. You can bring value to someone like Andy or I, like literally just encouraging what we're doing, a resource, a referral, a thank you or whatever. That's a big deal. But when you're draining from that person where you're asking too much from them too soon, prematurely, that's the deal. And here's what people have to realize. You're more valuable than you think. And because you think some people, because they think they don't bring any value, So your value is your performance, your knowledge, your connections, your relationships, your belief, all that stuff. That's value. Me and you value that far beyond how rich somebody is. Absolutely. But you, most people, they discount their value. And here's what they think. I'll be valuable with information. I'm going to tell him about someone else. I'm going to explain this other situation. I'm going to gossip with him. I'm, they think that's their value because they don't see value in themselves beyond that. And the way you indicate to me, you have very little value to offer me is by thinking your value is gossip, information, or taking away from another person or someone that I care about. Yeah. You're done. Hey, Ed, did you see this post about you? You got it. Yeah, fuck you, man. Like, you <laughs> just right. ruined my fucking day. <laughs> exactly. Like, wh- now I don't want to talk to you at all. Right. Like, dude, yeah, people fucking talk about people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and when 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 you have a lot of people that follow you, guess what? Not everybody fucking loves you. Of course. So the last thing I want is some motherfucker sending me some shit some bozo said about me, who, like I said a minute ago, isn't going to be doing shit in 10 years. You just distracted my entire fucking energy and you think you did me a fucking, th- hey bro, I got your back. No, you there don't. There you go. That's no, the you, one. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't have my back because you're not you're not understanding that you just completely fucking got me off track from where I'm trying to go. You know, and, and dude, that's a huge one. Yeah, people don't understand how much winning requires energy. Yeah. So if you're doing anything to deplete someone's energy in any way, shape or form, you're not bringing them any value. Especially when they're super high level. Right. The highest level people, dude, they're they're su- they're super fucking conscious of that energy bank account. And dude, if you really want to be valuable to somebody that you're trying to learn from, guys, 
Because, dude, that's what it takes, right? Like, you have to have people. We actually talked about this yesterday. We did. People, it's very, very hard for people to materialize things when they've never seen it or they've never touched it or they've never witnessed it. And, like, when you're the first person in your family to make $100,000, it's a big fucking deal, right? When you're the first person in your family to buy a house, that's a big fucking deal. And it's hard to imagine having those things if nobody you ever know has had it. So it's important to attach yourself to people who do have the things you want, but it's important to make deposits into their account because when you make deposits into their energy account, guess what they're going to do back? They're going to give you deposits back. They're going to reciprocate. Yes. Successful, good, successful people are huge believers in the law of reciprocity. Yes. And they want to pay you back beyond what you've paid them. But the best move is to make a couple deposits to your point first. Deposits can literally be, hey, man, let me just explain to you how what you just did really helped change my life. Right. That contributes to my energy. Yes. People think, ah, oh, they hear that all the time. I never can hear that enough. Me neither. Because, dude, the negative balances it out. You got it. Yeah. And you and I both were I was saying this on the plane yesterday, flying out here where these guys are all kind of taking notes when I'm talking. And they're like, man, you took the whole three or four hours with us, these guys that were flying with me. And I'm like, I, it wasn't that long ago. Nobody wanted to hear from me. Yeah. Nobody knew who the heck I am. Yeah. No one cared what I had to say. I'm grateful for this, man. Yeah. And the fact that you're grateful for what I'm doing yeah. gives me more energy to give you more of it. So I'm reciprocating. That's a big deal. And by the way, if you're coming up, you fall in love with the law of reciprocity. You over-deliver to people. Oh, keep your, your commitment small and your delivery high, and you will find that people want to deliver more to you. So that's, I know for you and I, that's a huge one for us, is don't take my damn energy. No. Because I will eliminate you. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it has no, to be. Dude, it's it's not it's not a matter of want. You have to. Yeah. Because we have so much shit going. Dude, look, guys, if you're if you're trying to learn from someone who's, let's say, you know wealth, like super wealthy, has all the shit and all the shit, right? You have, if you don't contribute, you'll get nothing. You'll get nothing. But I, no, I, I, I think, you know, there's a huge identifier here and it gets lost a lot of times. And, and this is the, the personal struggle I have with like the IG superstar world is humility. Oh, fuck. you know, being able to like, there are guys upstream from us that, you know, like, Hey man, like one thing about, and, and Andrew touched on this and Ed, you did as well is, you know, one thing that is, innate inside the success realm of businesses. You love to give back because you love to help, which is why you're successful. That's part of the deal. And that humility to be able to express to somebody like, you don't have to come to the table and flex on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to be the fucking baddest motherfucker in the room. And I think, you know, the things where I've learned the most is honestly, just by being humble and saying, hey man, like I have a lot to learn from you. And I would love, I would just love some advice because I mean, our entire company pay structure is built off that humble question. Like, Hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You've already done this and I just need a little bit of help. Could you help me? And the person was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Because you love, there's a part of your brain that loves to figure this shit out. And that's what makes you successful is you have the keys. And we all like to have the keys, right? And be able to help somebody downstream. But to be able to go upstream, you got to have humility. It's not about an IG flex. And I think that's where a lot of the young entrepreneurs get lost in translation right now. Like they want to be fucking cool on Instagram. Well, before you're fucking cool on Instagram, man, you got to express a lot of fucking humility and go ask for fucking help. What I like about you, Sal, and your brother and Andy is uh, you tow this line that all of my friends have. It's a really, and it's very difficult nuance. Super confident people who also have humility. Like the best athletes you, you played, you know this. You cannot be a high level performing athlete with like uh, not incredible confidence, right? You take confidence from an athlete, they're, they're done. 
yet they're humble enough to still want to be coached hard. They're humble enough to still want to grow. And that's like a Brady to me. Everyone thinks he's an aw shucks. You know, he's not. This dude is loaded with confidence, but he's humble enough that he still wants to be coached hard. He still wants to grow. He still wants to improve. If I looked at all my friends, they're all different careers. One of my best friends is a transmission guy, right? One of them's Andy. They're just different careers. They all have that line where they're like super, super confident, but they still have been able to maintain a level of humility. They're right on the line of the two things. That's what all successful entrepreneurs need to learn because there's that other side too. I'm super humble. I don't know anything. And then they're like unresourceful. That's right. They don't think of they course. can do anything. They can't take you, initiative. You, you can over humble right? yourself You can too. overdo it too. So it's both. And I think that's, you know, I always say that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Hmm. but confidence is built in understanding like when it's my turn to play, I'm fucking playing right, and I'm going right. to play to fucking win. And I'm going to play for fucking blood, but there's times when I need to listen. You know what I mean? And I think knowing when your time is to play and when your time is to listen is a, is a value that you learn over time. And uh, the respi- uh, reciprocity is, is an understanding like that's your time to speak because you can help. But as you fucking go up the chain, man, now it's your time to listen. It's not always your time to run your mouth. I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Like sometimes, because I mean, I, dude, I'm meeting a lot of cool people, right? This is dope. We're like doing a lot of cool stuff. You got to learn to just shut the fuck up sometimes. <laughs> just just sit back in the corner and just listen to what's going on. You'll be surprised what you learn, you know? And like, I, dude, that's probably one of the biggest things to your point, Andy, about, you know, find, you know, giving value to somebody. Sometimes you got to shut the fuck up and just listen, you know? Well, it's just, hard, just listen. right? I mean, you're fucking- Or do, or and, and, and listen yeah. and do. Because that's yeah. the worst part, right? Yeah. The worst part is- the motherfuckers who suck all the information, they even pay for it. They'll pay for it. <laughs> and then they'll, they, then they'll yell at you because they didn't succeed. It's like, look, dude, you have to do your fucking part. And that's another thing in the personal development space you see a lot of. You see a lot of people who will go to every fucking show, every event, every fucking seminar, every mastermind, and yet they're still not winning. And then when you sell a ticket that's going to teach them what, how they can make literally tens of millions of dollars in a fucking day. They complain about a price. It's like, bro, you guys don't get it. Like, you don't understand the value of the information. You don't understand that I can teach you in one fucking day how to make literally hundreds of millions of dollars. All of that's symptoms of the same disease, bro. Like yeah. you and I talk about, which is they have no intention of ever executing. That's right. So like, that's that other line where like they, they're so humble that they have no belief, no resourcefulness. They take no initiative. And so they'll go to the cheap seminar where really there's no value there because they can say they went take a picture with somebody, get no information. But then when there's one that could actually help them execute on millions of dollars, there's a price issue because you really don't have any intention of executing on this stuff that's going to be taught. That's the separator. Exactly. You said you got to do. I went to one. I've been to one seminar. One. And it's the best fucking thing I ever did. One. But it's because I took what that motherfucker taught me. He did it. And dude, and I still, to this day, I sell his book. I buy his book. The guy's fucking 80 years old. He's a real estate agent in Phoenix, Arizona. It's How to Master the Art of Sales. Tom Hopkins. Tom Hopkins, I bet. The motherfucker's a gangster, right? I went to one (laughs) seminar and I was like, dude, that guy's fucking G. I'm going to do what he does. And you know what? I did it. I applied it and it's worked. It's changed my entire fucking life. And so like when you guys talk... I don't know. It was a couple months ago. I asked Andrew, I said, man, how many of these guys go to like every fucking seminar? He's, and he, we went on this rant. He's like, God, bro, this is the thing that fucking drives me bonkers because, you know, you see, and this comes back to like the IG flex. Like they want to show everybody they're, to Ed's point. You're taking the picture like, hey, man, fuck the picture. Go get busy. 
You know what I'm saying? Go get busy because nothing's ever going to replace one foot in front of the other if you're going to fucking try to get this journey down. But that's a big thing you just said. So this is ironic, but my first seminar ever was Tom Hopkins. No way. He's old school, blue or red, alternative oh. choice, you know, all that stuff he teaches. But here's what the big deal was. And this is what I feel like if I'm going to brag, me and Andy are the best at in the world now. Tom Hopkins for that time gave me the confidence that I could persuade and influence people, right? Like maybe you look at the scripts now, you're like, ah, they're a little bit dated. It doesn't matter. I believed in what was being taught, even if it was not perfect information. And I executed it with total certainty. And people now, I think people would argue, you know, when they listen to Andy or I talk, like they're really good communicators. I learned to communicate at that freaking seminar right. <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona yeah. with his hairpiece on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And buck teeth. <laughs> Dude, I want to bring him in for our sales team because he, just your point being yeah. is like asking questions. We should bring look, him on the show. Bro, oh, he man. is old school gangster. Yeah. One of the greatest Zig honors of my yeah. One of yeah. my greatest honors of my life because I went like three times because it was like a- Have you had him on your show? No, and I need to. Yeah. He had me come speak in Scottsdale finally. Oh, and I was like, dude. That's cool. For free. He's yeah, like, no, yeah. we're paying. Go, no, I'm coming out. I'm honored to stand that's on that super, stage that's with super you, man. cool, man. So Tom, I don't know. I don't even know where Tom is the last few years, but I'm going to tell you, same exact thing. But we both executed on it, and it's your ability to persuade. And I think that's what you and I teach really good, yeah. you know, really well now. And, and, really and, and <laughs> the communication thing, he's always about opening in questions. Like learn, ask some humiliating questions or uh, some, you know, ask, learn about the person so you can help solve a fucking problem. I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's what we have to do, right? If you're in, you're in business to solve problems, if you're going to make money, you got to be the best at solving problems. You want to make the most money, solve the most fucking problems. That's it. Like it's a simple equation. And he teaches you the concept like, hey, I'm going to figure out whatever. I'm, you might close all these doors on me, but I'm going to get the one by simply asking fucking questions. Yeah, and not only that, by solving that one that's open, you'll get the one that's closed to open. That's right. From the backside. Yeah. You go in when you unlock yeah. it from the backside. You're like, all right, hey, listen, now that we've gained a little bit of trust. That's what people are missing, dude. That's what these young guys are missing, man. You, you young guys out there, you're enamored by the wrong shit. And I'm not saying cars. I'm not saying, dude, I love fucking cars. I love the baller life. I fucking, Ed loves it too. We both fucking love it. It's fucking, I'm going to go check out his fucking badass airplane literally right after I get off this fucking podcast. It's awesome. But you guys have to understand that to get to that level, you have to create a real company. And a lot of you guys have these tools now, like, you know, click funnels or different sorts of, uh, you know, Facebook advertising and, and, and all the different things that we can do. And you create a cash flow, right? But it's not a company because what happens is the minute you have to, that product or that this, and you know, wears off, you got to start a new one. And so you're constantly chasing the flow. And, and dude, if you guys who are young, who are able to do that, you're way ahead. I agree with you. But going out and buying all these fucking cars and balling around and, you know, all this shit when you're 22 years old, dude, you, you don't even understand how big of a shit you're taking on the opportunity you have, because you could literally be 10 years of fucking ahead of where I was or where you were by just understanding like, hey, dude, I got this flow. Now I'm going to create an actual company around it. That's right. And dude, don't shit on the opportunity just because we have these amazing tools right now. We have amazing opportunity with technology and all these things to make money. But the money that you make should be reinvested into actually building something that's sustainable so that you don't have to chase your tail for the next 20 years. Because dude, what if what if that technology changes or what if, what if it goes away or what if there's, a, dude, you do not want to be the guy who's having to come up with the next widget every fucking four months, you know? And, and dude, that's the biggest opportunity I see being squandered right now. And I see like almost all these, these, uh, quote unquote masterminds, which by the way, that is not what Arate is. 
Um, it's a community, but I, I see that the, fo- the that's the focus, right? Like, how do we get ads to convert? How do we do it? And like, people are uh, enamored with that, but nobody's teaching them how to build a fucking company, how to hire people, how to fire people, how to build systems, how to build culture, how to brand, how to market. They're not the same thing. You know, dude, you, you guys have to understand, like, if you're the guy right now who's, who's doing a little bit of something, dude, don't don't squander that because, dude, that cash flow could be used to to as the seed to create a fucking forest that you'll never have to worry about ever again, you know. And that's that's my biggest gripe for the younger generation right now. I see a lot of people hustling, see a lot of people working hard. It's not that they're lazy; it's that no one's telling them like, "Hey, bro, fucking do this." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't know how to scale, and I think I think you're right about that. I I know you are. The other thing too is like, there's this. I see a lot of dabblers. Like they're involved in like four, five, six, seven different things at one time because they believe this notion that 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 saying that's out there that's a fact, but it's not true. That millionaires all have multiple streams of income, right? That's a fact that is completely not true. Because here's the truth: once they became millionaires, they diversified and bought some buildings or had other stuff. But they became multimillionaires by getting great at something. Like get fully obsessed with something you're doing and execute on it. You did this, like. The stores in this to me are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got great at one thing first, got really wealthy. Yeah. Once I'm a millionaire, I've got multiple streams of income. I see too many people. Well, I'm in mortgages, but I also do like alarms and I've also got like this <laughs> protein store. Yeah. Like you're not going to get rich. Yeah. You're not. Cause guess what? I'm full bore crushing every day, obsessed with one thing and you're dabbling in the same thing. It'd be like saying, I'm going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, but I also sell cars on the weekend. Like there's no it's way you're going to compete. such a good point yeah. because, dude, you're not, you can't, I think the point that gets lost there, I think it's almost like an ego point that people, or maybe, maybe it's unawareness. I don't know. It could be one or the other, but a lot of people think that they can spread their energy, right? Like I can do this and I can do that and I can do this too. And you can, once you've, this has dug its roots down so big that it allows you to shift from putting your energy here to here. Okay. And then this one gets mature and then you move here. But what I, but what we're talking about here is like, you know, you go plant three seeds, right? You're trying to grow three trees, but one tree's in California, one tree's in Missouri and one tree's in Florida. (laughs) You can't fucking do it because it's, it's impossible. Right? So that's what we're talking about. And you have to understand that like, dude, if you guys aren't, there's other people out there that are hungry, hungrier than you fucking hungrier than you that are putting all their energy, every fucking bit of their being into the one thing. And you're thinking that you could beat them or compete with them by doing a little of three things. Guys, you're going to get smashed. That's the arrogant side. Yes. You think, oh, well, my, my 10 or my two hours is better than his 10 hours. No, no, motherfucker. It might, you might beat that. You might beat one guy or you might beat two guys, but the third guy, he's going to shove your fucking no, shit No, you got to respect your competitors. That's right. Yeah. That's like, a good point. That's yeah. respecting your competitors yeah, too. Yeah, for sure, dude. Like I, I am under no... No uh, illusions. Like, I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. My strength is this. I will never fucking quit. And I will work harder than fucking you every fucking day. You might be smarter than me. You might be, you might have more resources than me. You might, I don't know, you might be fucking Nike and be 50 years ahead. But I promise you, I am working fucking harder than you every fucking day. And if you're going to take me down, you better fucking bring it, dude. Yeah, you better bring a lunch. The thing that you said earlier about will to win, where we're born with it. Yeah. The truth is most people, their will can be bought at some point. There's yeah. a point like with enough failure, 
their will to win can be. They'll sell their family's dreams. They'll sell their kids. They'll sell their future. Like, look, it just wasn't meant to be. I couldn't do it. Bad breaks. And they relent. They yeah. eventually give in. My will to win was not for sale. When the same things would have got someone's will to be bought, I didn't sell. I wanted to sell a few times. I'm like, I might be. I remember a couple of times my back being up against the wall, like I'm almost out, but I'm not out. And I stayed. That's different. And then the other insidious thing is will to win can be bought with some measure of success with some people. That's also not true with you. So like well, I'm making a hundred grand a year. Okay, I'll slow down. I'm making a millionaire. They slow down. They start getting goofy. They don't work as hard at $2 million a year in income as they did at $50,000 a year in income. Yeah. Whereas the real players, their will to win increases as they have success. And not to like talk about this dude again, but to me, that is some crazy thing about Brady. Yeah. It is crazy to me yeah. that you continue to win at that level and he seems hungrier and wants, you'd think, dude, you got seven of these now, like take a breather. The guy had one day of tequila on a boat where he throws the trophy and he's back throwing the next day. Like that's it, right? So you got to evaluate your will. Has it been bought at all? Like as you're listening to this, if you're going through failure, if you're going through struggle, if you're being completely honest, has your belief, your effort, your energy, your execution been bought even 1%? And if it has, you better freaking shift that right now. Yeah. And if you've been successful, you're making two, 300,000 a year or something, you're listening to this. Are you after it as psycho, scared, crazy, you know how you were when you were broke, afraid you weren't going to, are you after it like you were then, now that you're at 250, now that you're at 450, now that you're at 650? Because if you're not, you're not going to get to the big time. Yeah. You have to have that will increase, not get bought. Yeah. That's a huge one. Bro, I I, I think that's 100% spot on and, and reflected in the real world evidence that I've seen over my career working with high performers as well and being in business. Like, Fuck, dude. Do you work harder now or less? I'm more afraid. Now. To your point, I never looked at it that way. No, I'm but I'm saying we're running harder now than we ever fucking ran. I can't see out of my right eye. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I lost vision of my right eye right now because I'm so stressed. But I, I think I operate more out of fear now than I ever have. Me too. Still. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. Like the, And it's, you know, when you're, I, and I, this is the perspective. Do you know greatest. what it is, bro? It's that we, all of us here know what it's like to fucking have nothing. Yep. It, you can always tell the motherfuckers that really have had nothing. What I, what I see is a lot of people on Instagram who have this sob story of this shit they kind of made up <laughs> and you can kind of tell because they're not aggressive and you're like, well, why the fuck is this guy celebrating his win here when he really hasn't done that much and he's getting complacent, he's getting lazy, you know, and, and come to find out the guy grew up, you know, upper middle class and like he never really had to like do much and you know, the whole story is kind of overcooked about where he came from. And dude, the truth is, I, the the guys who, dude, this is why I took you where the fuck we came from. You know, when you came yeah. here two, three years ago. F fuck, dude. I don't want to go back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not about, people think it's a greed thing. No, it's not. It's a fucking, I don't, I'm trying to create as much distance between that and me it's fucking possible. We were talking about this yesterday, though. Like, you and I still have, we're both dreamers. We're sending each other houses all the time yeah, yeah. and different things we want to do. But we both still, to Sal's point, still operate out of fear to some extent, too, which is healthy. I don't want it to go. I was at a dinner a couple of weeks ago. There was all these dudes sitting around, and, and they're, I'm like, tell me something that you think that you would not want. Most people wouldn't think. They went around the table, and they got to me. I said, if I'm being totally honest with you, I still operate out of fear a lot. That not, and I don't even think it's an unhealthy thing. Like, I think that is humility. I think if you have no fears whatsoever, I have no fears. I'm not afraid of anything. That's a lack of humility because I'm a man. God's in charge. I'm not in charge. If I have no fears whatsoever, maybe I'm a little bit overconfident. And so I, I don't think it's bad that you operate out of fear. So I think it's actually a good thing. I think it's healthy to think I don't want to. Oh, the Andy's point about creating distance 
That's so true, man. Like I worry about that all the time. And I, I, I mean, I, I was just, I'm, I am so a good show. scorned by the, the Instagram fame thing mm -hmm. that I've, I was explaining to you yesterday, like the whole, you know, the to Andrew's story about it being cooked a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I didn't even like showing that on my story a couple weeks ago. Like I don't, I don't I even like, I, yeah, I, but yeah, there's an appreciation you. there, yeah. right? I, I don't like showing that stuff, but to Andrew's point, part of it is like, I don't like to go there because it's fucking, I mean, it's real to me. I don't mm -hmm. ever want to fucking go back. Mm -hmm. I can look around that shit and I think to myself, like, there was a point, and I don't know where this fork in the road happened for us, but there was a point where we decided to go left and we ain't ever going to go right. And mm -hmm. that right led us back to wherever, you know, and that's the the circulation that, you know, people live in with their parents. Like, they they only want to do what their parents did or have done or continue to do. You have that fork in the road in your life. Like, when you decide, like, you're going to separate yourself from where you came from and what you're going to be. And you have to, like, you have to, fucking let that part of your life go. Like you're bigger than that. You're better than that. I don't even like to drive back down that road, even though I want to show our kids that I want to show them where we came from. But at the same point, like, man, I don't, I don't even want to be around that shit. And it's not ego. It's, it's a, it's, there's, there's an eerie fear of just some things this could have been me and it's fuck that. I don't want it. I think one of the things too, is like, you don't really get your goals all the time. You, everyone proves that you get your standards and it's like standards are what you'll tolerate. And like you're saying it, like, and that thing too, however you grew up is cool. Like I didn't grow up super poor. I grew up, I guess it was middle class. Like that's probably how we really grew up, right? But that's also a detriment because there's not a stimulus to get out of there because you're eating and there's a couple Christmas presents there every day, but you're not rich. You don't dream. We never went on vacation. We never did anything cool. We never talked about a future. Wasn't part of our life either. I don't want that. I'm just authentic from where I came from. Donald Trump grew up with a bunch of money, right? He owns it. And he turned it into something magnificent, right? You got him written down right over there. So I think just knowing, be owning where you're from and then not tolerating it. Like, I won't tolerate that life. You guys won't tolerate where you grew up. And Malcolm X has this great quote, said, that which you do not hate, you will eventually tolerate. You To keep that will burning, you almost have to hate where you're at all the time. You almost have to have this, I don't want, I want to create separation even from here. That's hard to do. When you walk into a facility like this every single day, and for some of you, it's hard to do because you now own a house you never owned before, or you got a cool car you never had before. Can you almost hate where you're at? Not hate you, but almost not tolerate where you're at like you did when you were totally broke, not knowing whether you were going to eat. That's the formula. And I'm constantly trying to feed myself this lack of tolerance with where I am. And I think that's what everybody who does something great is. They just won't tolerate anymore the standard by which they're living by. And that's harder and harder the further you climb. Because the rest of the world's like, hey, where you're at's pretty cool, man. Slow yeah. down, enjoy it, yeah. smell the roses. Like, yeah. how come you're not in Cabo like nine weeks? You're like all these guys on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm in Cabo. Why are you, you out doing cardio in the fucking snow when right. it's minus 20, you motherfucker? Because I'm here to win. That's right. And I know that not every, I know that the motherfuckers I'm trying to beat, the CEOs of fucking Nike and Under Armour, they ain't doing shit. They're in Cabo. That's exactly okay? right. That's how you catch them. That's right. When they slow down, they so, flinch, they get weak, they blow it. their freaking doors that's off. That's it. And so, so you guys, you know, I get all these, every time I do that, they're like, I don't know why the fuck you do that. Uh, well, that's why. That's why. <laughs> right. Like I, what I've done so far isn't shit. Like it's not shit. What, what we're going to do is change the motherfucking world. We're going to change the way business is done. We're going to change lives. We're going to change fucking people's literal trajectory of their fucking existence. So that's why I'm out doing fucking cardio when it's minus 20 degrees. But I think that's also why Tom Brady gets back to throwing the football, right? It's part of his winning recipe. And when you when you get into these habits and you you create this 
your winning recipe. Like you understand that, like, hey, I got to stay on this course. Yeah. Every time I get off this course, things go bad. Things go bad. Yeah. So I'm going to stay on this course. And I think those those forks in the road, you have to be self-aware of understanding like, hey, what's coming down the road? When do I take a break? When do I not? When do I pit stop? When do I stay on the road? And, and I, you know, it, it, to Ed's point about being overwhelmed, I would actually argue, and this goes back to the fear, I think I'm more overwhelmed today as we sit inside this building. We've had the best month in sales we've ever had in a company's career. We've had, we have more employees, created 175 jobs in the last year. Um, we've adapted and, and done well, even in the, in the midst of pandemic, like at, you would look from the outside perspective, looking in and say, Hey, everything's all the boxes are ticked green. I have more overwhelmed fear of not failure, but f- fear of where we got to go and what we got to do and how we got to get it done okay. now than I did whenever I was, whenever we were starting 11 years ago in the first form world, there was there's more there's more pressure in that overwhelming because of the 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 peer pressure in regards to hey man hey man you should slow down hey man you got it pretty good hey man and in your brain like you're fighting this fight internally and I think this is where my stress comes from is because like I want to go fucking there and the outside advice tells me to go here you know what I mean to slow down a little bit to to relax a little bit and I'm and in my brain like no motherfucker I'm here I'm, I got a mission I got a mission to go after I got a dream to chase and I got to go that way. And that constant fucking battle I love it. internally is what, dude, it's what, and it, it makes that same fear that allowed me the drive to prove those people wrong whenever I left my career to come here is the same exact level of fucking fuck you fear I have now to say, no, fuck, we're going to go, we're going after Nike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're like, well, you know, a couple billion dollars. I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. I'm going to take that motherfucker's lunch. We're all, that's, that's called $50 billion. Yeah. Not fucking two. 50's cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 50's a lot cooler than fucking two. Then it's Amazon. My son's in a golf tournament right now. Last night he texted me. I'm like, what are you doing? He sent me some meme on Instagram. He goes, I'm in the room. We got to play again tomorrow. All the dudes are out gambling. You know, and I'm like, I'm proud of you, man. And and he said, yeah, they're out having fun. I said, Max, remember this. Winning is way more fun than fun is fun. Man, dude. (laughs) Go win That's a fucking line right there. Hey, write that shit down so I can make a meme out of it. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, that's a real lesson, man. I learned that the hard way. Man, say that again. Winning is more fun than fun is fun. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and Holy <laughs> fuck, dude. I'm, let's go. Let's go win something. Well, no, I, I learned that lesson. It's, and I, it's and I've been really how, fucking. How do you mean how you learned it? What do you mean? Well, we've been really blessed. We have a great father who's mm-hmm. been extremely valuable to the mindset of our life. And when I got to minor league baseball, I acted like I was a big league baseball player. Mm-hmm. And I lived in the wrong the, ways. In the wrong way. Not, not emulating the the, the guys. And I understood it incorrectly. Yeah. To to Ed's point, you know, like I was more focused on acting. This is fucking great. Back to the Instagram flex. I was more interested in how everybody else perceived that I was a minor league baseball. Dude, we didn't make shit. I mean, yeah. I think I made $1,200 a month. Yeah, right. You know it's what I'm saying? On a bus. Yeah. yeah in the on middle the, of no, nowhere. No, on a shitty bus. Yeah. Like the bus <laughs> we ran in college is way cooler than the bus we had in yeah. pro ball. And you think about like, I was so concerned. This is Instagram literally. This is probably why I have like a little PTSD with it. I was so concerned with my image outside with how everybody thought that I wasn't focused on the actual things that were going to get me to where I needed to go. I was focused on how they were going to perceive me and how they saw my life, my, my baseball life. And you know what? I was too busy in the bars and I was too busy chasing girls and doing all the shit that big leaguers that I thought big leaguers did. But the truth is, that's not what big leaguers did. And this is the, now that I see it from a different perspective, the big leaguers, Tom Brady, those types of guys, they're hitting baseballs. They're watching film. They're in bed at nine o'clock. They're fucking watching the game film. They're fucking focused on tomorrow's game. I'm in the fucking bar. 
And you see why I never got to where they were? It's not because I didn't have the talent. It's because I didn't have the right fucking framework in my brain to get there. So, dude, that reminds me, you know, some of the most successful people that that we've been around, they, dude, I know a motherfucker is worth 200 fucking million dollars that couldn't fucking spell. He couldn't spell. He didn't know the difference between our, O-U-R, and R, A-R-E. No, he really didn't. And, dude, this motherfucker paid people to spell for him. You know, you know why he was able to do that? You guys are all, think I'm, you guys think I'm, I know you're hearing this and you're like, oh yeah, bullshit. No. Some of the fucking most successful people I know are not intelligent people. They are just people that do shit. Like we talked about our one friend yesterday who is very literal. And dude, he, this guy, we both know him. He's a fucking awesome dude. But I, I, you told me he's killing it. I, and I was like, well, yeah, of course he is. Because dude, he takes shit and he does shit. I had a couple guys just text me about our event coming up. And, and, uh, it, it was the two, the two guys that we talk about all the time that fucking do shit. They ex- you know exactly who I'm talking about. And dude, it's that simple, guys. You don't have to be the talent. Like, and that's the great thing about business is like everybody kind of doesn't have talent in the beginning. Like you, you develop the, the quote unquote talent over the 20 years of getting your ass beat. And then all of a sudden everybody thinks you're a fucking genius. <laughs> like, dude, no, man. It's really just as simple as going down the gauntlet, as Sal likes to say, and taking all the kicks right in the nuts, you know, and, and then at the end, you're like, all right, I'm still here. And now everybody's like, how the fuck did you get through that? It's like, I fucking ran, bro. <laughs> like, And running in there, by the way, is yeah. the, and being willing to run into spaces you're not prepared for. That's the big, like, you guys, you weren't perfectly prepared to move into this facility. You weren't perfect. Everything wasn't dialed in. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like, entrepreneurs think, or even just people in general, I'm not going to go try this until I'm completely prepared and ready. That's not how life works. It's not anything. We've had Wozniak out to speak to our group who yeah. founded Apple. They didn't know what a Mac or a... a iPhone was when they started that company. It evolved. They moved into the rooms as they went. It was a board company in the beginning, right? Yeah. Like you can't know everything. There, I was working with race car drivers about five years ago. This guy Carl Edwards, and he said the hardest thing driving these race cars is was when there's a crash. And he said when there's a crash and there's smoke, we are taught to drive right into the smoke. You guys know this from your racing team at 200 miles an hour, not knowing what's on the other side of that deal because you if you don't if you veer a little bit right, you run into the wall. So it's driving into these places that you don't know what's on the other side, but knowing that you're going to work your way, you're going to execute, you're going to get the coaching and you'll figure it out when you get in there. That's how you win in life. You figure it out when you get in there. You're not always going to be prepared. Now you have coaches and mentors like us that give you the skills to navigate those spaces when you get in them. But no one was ready for COVID. No, no one knew how to drive into this market, this world, but yet some people flourished and some people didn't. That's winning. A lot of our people flourish. Just saying. Well, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, did. yeah, I, I, I use the term gas on the right for your analogy because it's days of thunder, right? Cold trickle, like fucking smoke goes and you don't know what to do. Gas on the right, you stay in the gas, like keep going. And, you know, That's right. when things get shitty and what you realize is how you separate yourself from at least 70% of the fucking crowd is just simply to walk through the gauntlet. That's right. Everybody else is on the other side. You're going to go there. And then when you get to the other side, you're like, well, fuck. All right. My competition is whittled down to almost nobody. And now I just got to beat these two motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, this is easy. You know, I can fight him and I'll fight him. That's such a great point. Like if you're, if you're, if you're a young business owner and I'm not saying young in age, I mean, young in your business, you know, less than five years, I would say your, your competition is so much higher because of where you're at, there's more people. And so you're, if you guys would just fucking hang in there 
And in another five years, you go kind of, it works like a pyramid, right? Mm. These people consolidate or they go away or they do something different. And now all of a sudden, instead of 10 people you're competing with, you're competing with five. And then if you hang in another five years, it's two or three. And dude, now it's like, okay, what's fucking Steve doing over there? Oh, Steve's doing that. All right. Well, we're going to do, it becomes real fucking easy. And not only that, when shit gets fucked up, you say, you get on the phone, you say, hey, Steve, quit fucking it up. <laughs> you know what I'm so saying? So true. Like you start to know everybody. Yeah. The like, big thing is an entrepreneur is you want to be in the 20 year room. Yeah. That's exactly what you're saying. The one year room is loaded with failure and you look around, you're like, this stuff doesn't work. Nobody makes it. Five year room. There's a couple people that have won and there's fewer people in the room. You get to the 10 year room. You know, you get a 10 year entrepreneur, whatever you do, there's some winning going on, but you get to the 20 year room of being an entrepreneur. People are winning in that damn room. Yeah. And it's a very small room. And to your point, you can compete in there. Most people look at entrepreneurship like it's the one-year room all the time. It yeah. isn't the one-year room. No. Five years from now, it's a different room. That's Ten right. years from now, it's a different room. Trust me, as an older dude, 20 years from now, if you're still an entrepreneur, if you're still executing your business, that's a pretty good room you're probably standing in. Yeah. Just being there will be pretty good for you. You know what's cool about the dynamic of the 20-year room is that, dude, it's it's competition, but it's also friendly. Yeah, and it's, like, it's respect. So Yes. Yeah. So, like, in the, in the beginning... The first five years, dude, you fucking hate everybody. Yes. You're like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. You know, you're fucking like, dude, I'm going to burn that guy's fucking yeah. house down. Like, it's like this. So you're still in the one-year room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten better. Everybody asks me, what's my what's my greatest accomplishment? Is I have a fucking degree in Andrew. No. <laughs> like, it is a fucking degree, bro. Yeah. No, your greatest accomplishment is actually that no one's house has been burned out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I do like you on this side of the yeah. bars. Yeah. <laughs> so, but dude, but you do get to that. And I, that's another thing I'm learning. Like, I, I just be real. Like, I'm recently in the 20-year room, right? Yes. Like, I'm only, this is our 23rd year, okay? So, now I'm in the room, and I'm pretty much the youngest guy in that room most of the time. And I'm starting, you know, when I first got in that room, and Ed, you helped me with this, you know, I'm burning everybody down. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like. And I'm, and, and, but what I didn't realize is that all these dudes, they want to help me. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm when I started realizing that, I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, this is like a fraternity. Yeah, this ain't the five-year room no. anymore. Yeah. And guys, that's what you, ne you never hear that talked about, mm. but it's so true. It like, is true. There's so much disrespect in the five and 10 years, yep. but then when you get to the 20 years, yep. you know, you still have those young punks that come around every fucking couple years. Yeah, there's a dick or two in the 20-year yeah. room, and, but, but there you know aren't what that happens? many. They get kicked off the fucking ladder, That's dude. Right. So like, you know, the ladder to success, you know, in the beginning, you're climbing it, you're climbing it, you're climbing it. And there's people above that, above you on that ladder, no matter who the fuck you are. Mm -hmm. Above me, above you, above yep. fucking everybody. And what happens is, is if you get up that ladder with the bad attitude, guess what happens? Those guys above you, they, they can either reach down and pull you up or they can kick you off the fucking ladder. And dude, you don't want to get kicked off the ladder for the wrong attitude because it happens all the time. Dude, how many times do... In that 20 year room, you know, our little group of guys, you know, that we know, probably 10 guys, is there a fucking text or something that goes on and be like, yeah, dude, this guy, no, yes. stay away from this dude. Don't yep. put him on your show. Yep. Don't do this. Yep. Don't do that. Dude, and, and motherfuckers get blackballed without even realizing that they got blackballed because they do ignorant shit, like leave a fucking negative post on your podcast or something. And do some fucked up shit to fuck with you for no reason. Yeah, you are a you are a fool, by the way. If right now you're in the ten or fifteen year room and you aren't doing everything you can to aggratiate yourself to people in the twenty, like that's right. I'm almost in the thirty year room, 
I guess I'm really close this next year. I'll be in the 30 year room, but I am around dudes who are in the 40 year room. I'm even around a few that are in the 50 year room yeah. and their lives are freaking bananas. Yeah. I want to do everything I can to be in good graces with yeah. those dudes to learn from them. So you'll be real careful what you say, what you comment on, what you share, gossip, all that stuff we talked about earlier yeah. in the show. Yeah. It's going to hurt you when you get to that 20 year room. Yeah. It'll kick your ass out. Yeah, dude. It, don't fuck with people, man. Yep. Like that's really, that's really what it comes down to. Don't fuck with people. Pretty simple. Yeah. Like, Dude, I know a lot of you guys are, you know, you're, you think you're doing something, you think you're cool, and you think you could take a bite out of the fucking guy that's like up the ladder from you, bro, that will come back to fuck you. Because what happens is, and what you don't realize is, those motherfuckers have a lot of resources, and instead of like going to fight you on the Instagram, that's not what they do. What they do is they make your life really fucking hard without saying a word, right? They're running ads to your account. They're fucking uh, hiring your employees. They're fuck, Dude, and all of a sudden... All this bad shit starts happening. You can't figure out what the fuck's going on because you fucking made an ignorant comment to someone or disrespected them. I will dismantle you, bro, by supply chain with a smile. Yeah. I'll just go buy all your shit and you can't buy anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, well, those the, are relationships. No, like, hey, man, like, yeah, you fuck with me. But that's an example. Like, that's the example of what happens. Like, dude, when you, when, that's why when you're young and what Ed said, you're a million percent right. Bro, if I did anything wrong, it was that coming up like people ask me what my regret was it, it said dude i could have been i think we could have got here faster had i fucking not been as fiery as i was or at least more well i don't know I, I actually i mean you can anybody can go back and say that yeah, right? yeah. but I, I i do have a i mean i think your hunger also drew eyeballs yeah. and then once people know you they understand it like you're a little bit more vicious on the fucking vocal side than you really are in the sense of like well, no, dude, the reason I'm like, dude, passionate. we talked about this yesterday. Fucking passionate. Like, dude, I, when I meet someone new, like, and I'm texting with them or whatever, and they're not used to texting me, they read all my texts in like podcast voice. Yep. <laughs> dude, this yep. happens all the time. Yep. They're like, bro, why are you yelling at me? I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, like, me too. I'm not sitting me here too. chill, dude. Like, I, I tell him, <laughs> I, I always give it a 24 hours, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Let it digest for a second. But I, I do have, I wrote a note here, and it's really important because I think, you know, to Ed's analogy, it's a phenomenal analogy, 11020. You know, what you realize and what I've learned about just developing young men and women through life, too, is in year one, you know, you're dealing with a lot of fear and insecurity. And so you have to you have to puff your chest. And in, by puffing your chest, a lot of times when your ego gets involved or emotional decisions get involved, you make a lot of bad decisions. And because of your insecurities, you want to flex or you want to push on them or you want to say that shit because it makes you feel good. But you realize, like, when you get into the 10-year room or the 20-year room, you're not afraid anymore. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're not afraid of those things anymore. Yep. And you're not as insecure as you used to be. And that humility, you start to realize and look around like, okay, I can, I can learn in this room, you know, versus in year one, you're trying to prove everybody that you're right. Like I'm better than you. I'm fucking smarter than you. I'm fucking, I'm going to beat your ass in year 20. You look around, you're like, all right, how can I learn? That's right. And there's an insecurity check down factor. When you eliminate the ego and address your fear, the fear of insecurity starts to lower down and humility starts to come up and you don't get to the 20 year room without that equation no, bro, happening. It's the Dunning Kruger effect. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as we see with information. You know, at one year, one year in two years in three years in motherfuckers think they're an expert. And then for the next seven years, they start to figure out how dumb they are. You're right. And then they come back around at 20 years and they're like, Oh, I think I might. I think, you know what, Ed, I think I might know something, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're right. like, so what happens too is Mark Bell, by the way, I use big words lately when people share them with me. I've been using this word equanimity lately. I'm like, where did I get it? It was actually Mark Bell sent Can it you to spell me. it? E-Q-A-M-I-N-I-T, maybe. 
Oh, I'm not a good speller. I can't fucking spell shit. If I wrote shit. it down, I could spell it, but probably not. I don't know the difference between hour Man, and I'm hour either. spell for me. What's Listen, scared, <laughs> you know what scared me earlier? When you said hour and hour, I screw yeah. that crap all the time. Or you, your and you are, I screw that one up. And then for years, when I would read the word fanatic, I kept calling it fanatic, like when I would read out loud. So like, I'm with you on all this. But the reciprocity, like the <laughs> reciprocity, when you said it the other, I'm like, yeah. fuck, I'm going to say this. See, I'm, I'm going to get it out. I try to drop <laughs> in, those I try to show how evolved I am by dropping in three or four words that are multiple syllabalic. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> for taking you like off. No, brain. I didn't even say that right, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> trying to sound smarter than I am. But equanimity is basically what you're describing, which is that in Andy's fire, Andy's right about his fire. The fire's more directed in an energy that grows something now than it yes. was maybe three or four yes. years ago. Equanimity basically means like peace, focus, under duress, under pressure. And as you get into that 10-year room and you get into the 20-year room, there's a whole lot more equanimity in that room because we've a lot, we've learned how to direct our peace and focus under duress and pressure. And that's to your point. It's not the same fears as before. And we know how to function in them in a really productive way. So I'm always like, I look at anyone who's an elite performer, like the guy or that lady has a high degree of equanimity. And it's their ability to perform kind of in a peaceful or at least focused way as the room gets bigger and more pressurized. And that's what a Phil Knight that you're yeah. chasing. I know Phil a little bit. He's a neighbor. I don't know him really well. But I do feel like as that company grew, his equanimity level grew and they yeah. could execute at a higher and higher level as they went as the pressure, notoriety, stress, problems. You get bigger and bigger, legal, everything's just bigger, right? And can you find more equanimity as you grow? That's the big thing in the 20-year room. Dude, I think... I, I, I think that's a key trait of any truly successful leader or entrepreneur is their ability to focus when chaos is happening for everybody else. You know what I mean? Period. Yeah. Bro. That's number one yeah. to me. As you, once you get momentum, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it, it's a, it's a powerful thing, you know? And I, I see that in young entrepreneurs as a, as a flaw or a mistake they make a lot. Like when things are bad guys, that's when you had to be calm. When things are good, that's when you got to put the pressure on. You and I talk about that a lot yeah. even in our companies. Like yeah. when things are really, really good, maybe we get a little bit more intense and that's start right. chewing some ass more than we would that's when things right. are bad. To You've got to bring standard. more belief and stable and and encouraging. It's totally true. It's it's the reverse of what you would think you need to do. You know what I wanted to say too while you were saying that about the communication thing is like, dude, you know, when we built, you know, we've been building Arte for three years now. And obviously when you found a, an organization, you're going to have conflict, you know? And one of the things that's taught me the, the skill of controlling my focus and, and my communication in the equanimity aspect has been when we you and I have had conflict because, you know, when, when we first met each other, I would come at you with, with, like how I would come at anybody and it didn't go very well, right? Like we never got anywhere. And, and even the times whenever I've come at you where I've been fiery and you've stayed calm, and respectful that taught me like, Oh, Oh fuck dude. That's how it's supposed to be. And dude, it's greatly improved my life. Like in all regards. And it's one of the things I never told you this before, but it's one of the things I'm most grateful for out of us being friends is that I learned how to not be a fucking, uh, force of nature. Every fucking time something goes wrong. You know what I mean? Cause your force of nature to your, to your Sal's point is like, that is what makes you great. Yeah. It's being able but to direct it. That's right. When you need it. Yeah. And the other thing too, on your case, and I'm not just saying this because this is really incredible to say out loud. So, and I have noticed that in you, I've noticed a lot of things in you the last three years, but for me to say this, and I mean this when I say it, the person that I know in my life that has grown the most of everybody that I know in my life, the last three years is you grown. I'm talking about in the, in everything, your communication, the way you think, um, the way you communicate, 
And by the way, that was already from an extraordinarily high level. That's what makes it a, you're an unbelievable example to people who think they're pretty far ahead right now and wonder how much they can grow. You were already worth millions of dollars. You already had incredible notoriety. You didn't need to change anything. Mm -hmm. you, and by the way, in the beginning, you would say, this is just me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't need to change anything yet to get to that Nike level. Yeah. To get to that level where you're going to influence hundreds of millions of people, not millions of people. Those growth things needed to take place. I have things I need to grow in. Yeah. I have the most admiration for people who grow, who there's no evidence that they actually really have to. Mm -hmm. And so everybody that I know, Arte, outside of Arte, all of my businesses, all of my friends, you've grown the most from an already elite high level. I just want to acknowledge that for you. I've never told you that either, but that's an actual truth for me. I appreciate it, man. It means a lot. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's... Um, and you got more to grow and so do I. Yeah. And you we know, push each that's other to do it. That's honestly why I've gotten more quiet than what I have been. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> we talked about this yesterday, you know, I think a lot of people think that I like fell off or some shit. It's like, no, <laughs> motherfucker, like... I shut my mouth and I'm putting, I'm putting in the, I'm putting in the, the paying the dues, man. You have reloaded. And uh, if people really knew what the heck was going on in, in all, even the downloads of this show, yeah, the, your, how really well yeah. your social's doing yeah. this building here, yeah. the growth of the company. He just said it a minute ago. I don't know if everyone caught that 175 new people this yeah. year have been hired here. Like, hello, that's freaking psycho. And you're now looking at more space than even this yeah, place we're, has. We're building a building it's right crazy. next door. It's crazy. And we got to yeah. expand here first. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we're, we're very fortunate to be where we are right now. And it's been a, it's been a, <clears throat> and guys, you know, I, the reason we do the re look, I don't, I don't know how to say this. I sounding like a jerk, but none of us here have to fucking do this. And I'm not saying that. So you could say, Oh, thank you so much for doing it. But I hope you realize that there is a genuine difference between someone who's selling you information and a, and somebody who's going to coach you who needs to get the income to live their fucking flashy life so then they can sell you more coaching and somebody who actually runs real companies, which all of us do, multiple companies, which all of us do, and are going through it with you because they're, it's just not some, it's a completely different fucking thing. And um, I'll brag. There's Arte Syndicate. There's nothing like it in the world. No. There's I'll just no. say it straight up. Yeah. There's nothing like it in the world because yeah. you're with the highest level entrepreneurs in the world and performers just in life that are executing along with you. And I'll just say this for sure. I'll, I'll state my life on this. The caliber of information that we teach, the tactics, the strategies, the details that we teach, there's nothing even remotely close to it in the world. And that's not disrespectful to anybody else. No. It's just a different animal. It, if I you want to get fluffed up all the time, we're probably not that group. If you want to really learn how to change your life and or your business, I'm not, there's no commercial here because it's application only. We turn away thousands of people every single year. We don't ever market it. You and I don't sell anything else. There's no, no other place where we're not going to get in there. I'm going to sell you some, no. you know, some glue or, you know, we're not going to sell you books. Like you're in our deal. You're with us. We mentor you. So I hope that everybody understands it's the greatest environment community in the world. That's a force for good for both you personally and outside of your world. And don't even apply with us. If you don't want to be a force for good in the greater world, right? Because that's our higher calling. That's why, and you and I do it. That's why we take the time to do it. And we're very, very proud of so many of the people in the group that have just made quantum leaps. Dude, in this their is businesses. the best fucking thing. I was gonna say when you when you brought up the uh, the thing about Wozniak, dude. Okay, look, guys, I don't know how much you know about Steve Wozniak. I, I okay, first of all, smartest fucking dude I've ever been around by ten times easily. He's a savant. It's unbelievable. Like 
when we were interviewing him on stage, I, I felt literally stupid. Yeah, of course. So did I. <laughs> no, DJ, I, I'm being serious. Right, for real. Like, I felt, I felt like I should have a fucking coloring book. He's in a different dimension yeah. and plane. Yeah, totally different. But the one thing that I could understand that he talked about was, and what really hit with me was when he talked about, we asked him what he was most proud of. And he said, he goes, dude, when I, now he didn't say dude, because he, you know, he talks Steve Wozniak way. First of all, he said something about equanimity, probably. No, no, no. (laughs) But he can spell it. No, bro. bro. (laughs) First of all, probably the nicest guy I've met too. So sweet. Yeah. Like the legit, dude, when I left, Giving people in our group his personal phone number. Yeah, unbelievable, yeah, yeah, unbelievable. dude. Unbelievable. T- tell the story wait. about the Wi-Fi thing, though. Huh? About oh, no, Wi-Fi. No, no. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm going to tell what I love. What I loved about this dude, because I'm like, I'm not a fan of many people. You know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, if you don't fucking work hard and you're not like, it's kind of like what Goggins says. Like, I have to respect you to like you, and you've got to be fucking grinding. You're the same way, dude. Like, you if if you don't respect someone, it, it we can't even have a relationship. So I don't know. We must get that from dad or something because we both have it. But anyhow, long story short, he fucking told the story about Apple and he, you guys don't know this, but Wozniak gave up a lot of his wealth. Oh my God. Yeah. Like gave it away. So much. Yeah. And billions. Yes. Billions of dollars. He's a very good man. And, um, and the most influential man probably that's lived in our lifetime, because when you think of the technology he's created and what's come of it, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Most influential human that's, that's currently living in our day-to-day life is Wozniak. And he said, out of all the cool shit that he's done, out of all the amazing things that he's done in his life, the, the biggest company in the world, the fucking, you know, Apple, you know what I'm saying? Like his, his most prideful thing was when he left, when he would leave his headquarters and he said there was a hill up on the side of his headquarters that he would drive through the neighborhood and it was filled with $5 million houses. And he said it was all Apple employees. And, he, and dude, that to me is fuck what the fuck this is about. Everything. Arate, what we do at First Form, what we do at, with all of our companies that we do. Um, you know, it, it's all about creating better. And like, dude, what, what is better than that? You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, seeing those guys that we we both know, like, win. Like, to me, I don't know. To me, like. It's the greatest reward for doing it is when you see someone take something that someone else probably taught you or that yeah. you learned that you've yeah. experienced through experience. Not like yeah. you and I are smarter. Yeah. We're just further down the road. That's it. We're just further down the road. We've yeah. more experience, right? And I got to tell you, like watching people take those things, and then execute on them is the most it's it's like it's almost like everyone in there is sort of like one of my kids almost because yeah. I'm so proud of them when they do it. Frustrated with the ones who don't. Yeah. But the majority that do is is like the most rewarding thing in the world. So that's I, I forgot that he said that. You're yeah. right. That Dude, was, it was like it's what stuck with me. Yeah. Like every I have his business card on my on my uh, my little shelf in my office where I keep, you know, like the cool things people give us. And uh, every time I see that car, I think of that story. And I'm like, bro, that is, that is why the fuck you're here. I think about the, what he gave up, the donation part. That's the part I think of. It's It's the same principle. same thing. It's a service. And uh, I I don't know, man. Like when I was, when I was really struggling in business and I've told this story a few times, you know, I I pray every night and I would always pray to God and I would say, you know, Hey dude. And that's how, that is how I pray. You know what I'm saying? God's my dude. So like, (laughs) so I'm like, Hey dude, uh, you know, if you give me a little help here, I promise I'll do good with it. I'll help other people. And, and dude, fuck. I mean, 
You're doing that. He delivered. So like what I try to do, I, I feel it an obligation, even though like it is, you know, I do get frustrated when people don't execute and when people take the information and don't appreciate what they're actually hearing or taking. And I just remember like, dude, you, you're, you got to do your part now because you got your part. So now you got to do your part, you know? And, uh, and it's frustrating because, Hey, listen, yeah. we, we both feel that way. Let's remember this, everybody. If you're going to be in business, you're going to be dealing with humans. If you're going to be dealing with humans, you're going to be dealing with frustrations. That's just the deal. And if you're going to decide you want to win, listen, all of you that are saying, I want to win because winning is more fun than fun is fun, right? If you've decided that, just get ready. You're going to be controversial, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be controversy around you. It's not going to leave you at any point, at any level of your success. Elon Musk is one of the most successful dudes on the planet and controversy is constantly surrounding the guy still, okay? Yeah. So you're going to be controversial. So when you see people hating, talking smack, when there's setbacks, when employees or people around you let you down, that's all part of the controversy with doing something great, man. Mm -hmm. So just buckle up. You're going to be controversial. Bro. Yeah, it's just going to be there. Yeah. And I don't even know, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not arguing the fact, but I'm just transitioning in here. I think it's progress. It's progression because that same exact equation is what makes us unique at first form. And, and, and I, from our taste standpoint, first form standpoint, can only give information to meet you halfway. I got to meet you at 50%. And like we tell our transformers, the people who are getting ready to go through your journey, and it's actually very synergistic here in the way of life. There's nothing better than giving somebody the keys of their life back physically because they've actually made the decision to make the change. And, but we can't, I can't get you 75% of the way. You got to meet me halfway. And I think halfway in That's the art with anything, yeah. with, anything yeah. with any success. But the thing about people going to, they're going to judge you in the transformation side of the world. Like you're going to have to make the sacrifice to not go out. And you're going to have to make sacrifice of meal prep and not ordering mac and cheese at dinner. And you're going to have to make the sacrifice, not having the birthday cake. Those, that's all part of the process. And you have to learn that those, that controversy because your mom might not understand or your husband might not understand or your, you know, or, or your people at work might not understand because you can't eat the bonbons at lunch. That's part of sacrifice, which is part of progression. It's a and it's fucking a, investment. It's an investment in yourself. And whether it's personal or business or really even a relationship, you could spin this into a personal relationship. It's the exact same equation, man. You got to make some sacrifices and understand you're going to put in more work than you're, you're going to put in more work than you are right now. If you expect to get better results, like it's a, it's a, I have to do a little bit more. Yeah. What with, got you, what got you here is going to get you there. That's correct. And that's never going to change. And so you have to say, Hey, listen, if I'm here, maybe I'm operating at 30%. I got to get to 50, which means I got to do a little bit of extra work. What is that extra work? And a lot of times it's, it's literally just listening. You know what I mean? And then taking an app and applying. I always tell people all the time, like, I'm not going to give you any business advice until you read these 10 books. When you're <laughs> done with those 10 books, then you call You know me. what I do now? I, instead of doing that, I actually give them the fucking book and I say, bring it back when you're done. I'll give you another one. Yeah. So now, now they can't like fucking lie to me. You know yeah, what I'm Everybody's getting Tom Hopkins books today. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, you're welcome. There's yeah, an extra hundred thousand copies sold. Dude, yeah. No shit, dude. Uh, dude, you know, I was just thinking, I know we got to wrap up cause that's got to get, get going. But, um, I was thinking as you were saying that, you know, <clears throat> that's really one of the reasons that I'm comfortable in Arate. I, I was just, just a random thought, but like, dude, I literally give the fucking game plan away. Like literally. Like I show you motherfuckers, like you guys think this is a mystery. I'm like, all right, this is what we do. We do this, this, this. Anybody from any other company fucking, we, how many other supplement dudes are in I know, there? you teach people in the same industry. I fucking show motherfuckers how to do it. And you know why I show them how to do it? Because I know most of them won't. That's the bottom line. And I know that for a fucking fact. So I, I'm cool with creating my own competition, bro. Like come get some. You, you know, the key really comes down to doing it, man. 
Like the information's there. Like it's, it's there. It's available. Even if it's not an Arte, it's available for fucking free. You know, like you could listen to 300 episodes of my shit, thousands of episodes of both of our shit. Like, dude, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's there. It's just like, dude, you guys got to do it. You know, I don't know. Well, anyway, I know that's, I know we got to get going and I want to go see your new plane. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ride out there with you guys, but, um, dude, thanks so much for coming out here, man. It meant a lot. Hey man, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I want to hear this one. This was really good stuff right here. So this is one of those people <laughs> should replay and share. This is really good stuff. Yeah. So no, great to be with you, man. Yeah, Love bro. You. It, it's, uh, it meant a lot to see your reaction to what we're doing here. Cause like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it's like, I value people's opinions, but I value yours a little bit more. So it made a lot. It, it, it made me feel good. I just want to say, thanks. And I don't, when I tell you I'm proud of you, that's not an up and down thing. I know I'm just, that. I'm just proud of you. No, like, I know this that. is just, I was really emotional. My sister's with me. She'll tell you, I couldn't stop talking about it. I'm just absolutely proud of all of you and particularly you because you know, you and I are the closest, but Sal, everybody here is just amazing what y'all are doing. And it's just the beginning. You can tell that's the other thing too. You can tell that this is not like some permanent destination either. You feel the vibe here like yeah. three or four oh, years bro. from now, this is going to look silly. It's these, a rental. These yeah. people here out here that we see out the windows right here, these are the best motherfuckers on the face of the planet. They they want to win. They're hungry and they treat people right and they do the right thing. They're a product of their environment though. Well, they create it. You know what I'm saying? Now it's, and by the way, we teach you how to do that too. Yeah, we do teach so, you. So anyway, guys, that's the show. You got anything you want to say? No, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, there's a, a parting, if you're going to do a parting word, that's what I was going to ask. Ed, if, you, if you're listening to the show, what's the, what's the parting advice? My parting advice would be what Andy said. You got to eventually just decide you're going to completely execute. And you also have to decide. I know this sounds like you've heard this a million times. Just like literally decide your will to win can't be bought. You're not going to be bought. No amount of success, no amount of failure. When you do that, when you make a total commitment to something, people think that that total commitment means you lack freedom. It's the absolute reverse. When you make a total commitment to something, you're completely free from that point on because all other options are off the table. Now you have total freedom to execute. When you don't make a total commitment to something, that's bondage. That's when you're tied in knots all the time. So it's the reverse of what you would think. Even in a relationship, you make a total commitment to your relationship, now you have total freedom. It's when you don't do that that you lack freedom. So if you want to be free, totally commit. No, I, I, it's great advice. I, I think, you know, for me, I, one of the best lessons that that I've learned, I think, in success in life is, you know, you don't know it all. And learning to express humility up front will save you a lot of fucking years. You know, and there's a lot of lessons that you can learn by asking some simple questions versus running your fucking head into the steel wall 500 times because you're you're too proud or you have too much ego to ask that simple question. And so I would say, hey, man, if you're a young business owner and this is, you know, a plug for Arte or really just digesting information and taking taking and executing is like, go ask for some advice and then go execute that advice. And it doesn't have to be the perfect game plan but if it answers the, the the question that you've been struggling with, but you need to go fucking apply that information. But you got to learn to ask the, for the help before you can go execute on the help. Guys, that's the show, man. Um, I don't have anything to add to that. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Um, if you if you wouldn't mind, pay the fee. The fee is share the show. If you got good value, which if you didn't get good value of the show, I wouldn't listen to it anymore. Um, I, I just wouldn't. I would go play video games or something. But uh but if you wouldn't mind, share that show. Uh, we don't run ads. We don't we don't run ads to build the show. We grow the show organically. And uh, I love you guys for that. Um, I just want to say to you guys, man, you know, uh, real talk. I, I really appreciate the support you guys show. Our show, our companies, uh, you know, Arte Syndicate, First Form, um, anything that we're involved in. It's just, 
I just fucking love you guys, man. It makes me feel real grateful to be doing what I'm doing. So um, you guys have a great, great rest of the week. Good weekend. And we'll uh, catch up with you next week. Uh,